Hey, comedy fans, it's time for another edition of the Comedy at the Carlson cast. I'm your host, my name is Vinny. And joining me in studio today, our pal returns. It's Jimmy Schubert. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Three Heads Brewing, the makers of Rochester's most delicious beer. Remember, drink responsibly and always be kind. Also, freshly brewed comedy every Sunday night at Boulder Cafe and Lounge. Comedian sign up at 6.30 p.m. Show starts at 7. Let's kick it over to the studio and start the show. Hey, good morning, Carlson Casters. Welcome to another edition of your favorite comedy interview podcast. I'm really happy to have our guest back in studio today. He's coming off a rip-roaring year. His uh, last special, Zero Tolerance, was number one on iTunes last year during the summer, which is amazing. Uh, You may know him from a lot of TV shows, King of Queens, Reno 911, Entourage. He's a true comedy veteran. He's forgotten more about comedy than I ever knew. (laughs) I'm glad to have him here. It's Jimmy Schubert, everybody. Hey, what's going on, man? Welcome back, man. It's great to see you. It's good to be back, dude. I love coming to this market. I've been coming here for years, and I just have so many friends here. I love, I just love coming to the, the, you know, it's it's good to be back. It's always good to be back. All right. So before we get into the questions, we're going to have some fun. Mark just informed me that I can give away a couple of tickets to tonight's 9 o'clock show. Yeah, let's do it. So here's the thing. We're going to let you uh, text in first three people to text in the secret word, which I think for Jimmy Schubert will go with sewer pickle. <laughs> texted, uh, texted sewer pickle to 585-484-0265 for your chance to see Jimmy Schubert live tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, let's start this off. We had a scare with you yesterday, man. Mark was terrified you weren't going to make it in time. What is going on in the airports, Jimmy? Well, you know, obviously, I I think, um, well, quite frankly, it's a shit show from the top down. I mean, you you know, there's like if if you're paying attention, you have to be aware that that all these food distribution plants are burning down for no reason. Okay, they're crisping the cows. They're a warning of a global food shortage. The eugenists are at it again. I mean, it's it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. It's it's absolutely coming. Okay. Uh, so you couldn't catch the plane because well, of well, the food because, shortage. Well, 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 it's just they're canceling routes. I tried to go fly into Buffalo. I tried to fly into Syracuse, and I could have done it that way. But there's no flights available. That's there's terrible. no flights available. Airlines are canceling routes. They're canceling routes and canceling flights. And you know, I'm sitting here at Fort Lauderdale. The plane's ready to go. The pilots there. Everybody's ready. But they don't have their own mechanics working on the plane. They have a, they contract the mechanic work out on the planes to another company, and nobody can get hold of that company. And so we're all sitting there, and everybody in the plane, Mister Connector. So I arrive in. I'm supposed to, I have 57 minutes to get my connector. We didn't take off. Uh, I was landing as my flight was taking off to ah, come to Rochester. The and then of course you have to wait. And there were no. I had to go standby. I mean, there was no. I mean, other than that, there was no way I was getting out. I would have spent the night. There's I, nobody who could have eyeballed that plane and been like, yeah, you know, the wigs are attached. Everything looks all right. Let her go. Well, you know, you forgot. For, for, see, people don't realize, you know, from the Wright brothers' first flight, yeah, of that, that 11-second flight to the time we landed on a man on the moon, it's only 66 years. Sure. Most of the time, let me tell you something, these planes that take off and fly across the country, yeah. I mean, it's a miracle. Nobody can tell you. They, they take off and they land. They can tell you, but it's like people, like it's yeah. it's kind of like a miracle. It's one of the most amazing things that humanity has ever accomplished. Yeah. I mean, you're flying across the country. There are, it's a pressurized tube flying at 37,000 feet at 400 miles an hour. There are some safety concerns. Sure. I get it. 
Uh, so, and at any given moment, there's probably about 2,500 to 3,500 planes over America or over in the air at one time. So, yeah, uh, Karen, uh, you're going to use social media to bitch about your fucking plane being 30 minutes late? Relax, you lush. You know, the grapes <laughs> will still be there so you go on your wine vacation. But, you know, how about a little gratitude? How about you stop taking it for granted? Because it actually is. So, yeah, sometimes there's problems. I was able to make it in, thank God. Yep. But... You know, uh, yeah, it, it it happens sometimes. I've yeah. been I've been doing this for freaking thirty years, and so yeah, sometimes they lose your luggage. Sometimes there's a late connector. Sometimes you got to spend a night in the airport. Sure. Sometimes, not all the time. And I'll tell you, I've been incredibly lucky and blessed. So I did make it, and I it was my only chance of getting here. Otherwise, I would have been coming in this morning, and we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. But I turned it over to God, and I prayed about it. I said, if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen, and. Here we you know, are. thank you, thank you, Jesus. big guys looking out for me again. Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, yeah, it was a, it's a, you know, but you know, I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning. Sure, my flight's at six o'clock. My flight leaves at six twenty-five. So I give you some time to get to the airport. You got to get through security. I mean, it's a nightmare. Yeah, uh, and as much of a nightmare it is as it is, I mean, I'm in, I'm, I'm flying from Fort Lauderdale or West Palm yeah. Beach. It's not as bad, say for instance, as LAX. Like, I mean, if I'm flying LAX, it, took, it would take me an hour to get to the airport. Sure. So I'd have to be, and, and give myself two hours to get through security and get to my plane. So it's three hours. So my flight's at 625. That means I'm at the airport at, you know, I'm like leaving for the airport at 330 in the morning. And then you got to spend all day in an airport. And then you get your flight. You barely make it. It's the worst. And then you fly in and you go right to the club and do a show. You know what I love about you, Jimmy? What's that? I love your Instagram. You do a great job on your Instagram. You make me laugh all the time. Oh, thanks, man. I try to. I, you know, it's the, you know, it's interesting. I'm not really. Um, it's the least I could do because I'm not going to do a podcast. But what I will do is tend to my social media and I'll put out original yeah. clips and original comedy. And I'm always writing material and I'm always video and I just kind of craft these bits and work on these bits. And it's only like two or three minutes. And, yep. and people tell me they go they got to they go I got to follow your Instagram for the laughs, man. At Jimmy Schubert, do it. Yeah, at Jimmy Schubert. And so I try to. My Twitter and my my Facebook fan page and and stuff and I'm not really kind of I have a YouTube channel but it's it's got some stuff that people could just go check well, out my stand. It's impressive like how you've embraced it and how you've embraced all forms of and you've done a good job producing content for each of these kind of individualized things. Like you looked at Instagram and went, okay, they've got stories, they got this. How can I as an artist create to that platform? Yeah. So I got to ask you this question. Yeah. Are you ever going to make the jump to TikTok? Uh, it's interesting. I am on TikTok. You are on TikTok. Yeah, I, I just—it's just a different. I, I haven't figured out the platform. I have, really have no business on TikTok. I'm a—I'm a grown, white grown dude. adult man. I'm yeah, a grown adult man. Yeah, and I, I can say TikTok is the most original app I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's just people redoing what everybody else is doing. It could be the most unoriginal thing I think I've ever seen. I mean. Occasion. I have never thought of it like that, but you're correct. Yeah, but it's the same thing over and over again. Just a bunch of different people doing it. And while you're on TikTok and 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 keeping yourself busy with that, I mean, never before in the history of the world have so many unlived lives been so well documented. I mean, when, <laughs> meanwhile, I mean, people are not paying attention to the shit they need to be paying attention to. I mean, really, that you're. This is what they want. You, they want you very distracted. They don't want you paying attention. They don't want a hardcore educated population on their hands. You know, they, 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 if I, you know, just they want you doing silly shit like this. And, well, and, and to that measure, they've accomplished their goal. Well, it's also whether or not it's a tool of the new world order. It's still a pretty good way to move tickets. 
Yeah, whatever. So is Instagram. So so is <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So is Twitter. I'm... I mean, look, social media is great if you use social media. What social media is used to be used for. Sure. I don't need you going on a, a four-page rant about some shit that nobody gives us stuff about. Nobody cares. Right. That rant should be reserved for the inside of a therapist office. That's not something you should be putting on the interwebs. It's not something It's not something you should be putting on the interwebs. And listen, I, It's I, amazing look, people treat every casual acquaintance they've ever made on Facebook like they're their therapist. It's amazing. Like, like, yeah, like, like I, look, man, hey, do yourself a favor. How about, like, you're, you're doing all this passive-aggressive, just putting this stuff out there and... You know, and it, like, and people just do the hey, big news coming in a couple months. Just got a part in the movie. Book the lead role. Yeah, never hear, never hear yeah. about the movie. Never hear about this. Never hear about that. You know, there's there's a delusional thing here. Like, you know, especially a lot of comedians think like, well, if I get that, it'll be my big break. I get that, yeah. it'll be my big break. I get that, it'll be my big break. It's easy to fake it now, isn't well, it? Well, 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 certainly it's easy to fake. But what I'm saying is. But there's no such thing as a big break. It's just a body of work. You just keep working, and you do another job, and you keep working. You put this out, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. And then before you know it, you look back and go, oh, wow. Well, I've really been able to do a lot of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. just, what do you want? I mean, you know, I always ask people this question. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a simple question. I go, what do you want? What do you want? Most people can't answer it. Yeah. Most people can't say, and it's a deceptively simple question, yet it's an important question. And most people just, what do you want? What do you want to do? Like, hey, I talk to comics. What do you want to do? All right. What do you want to do with your comedy? What, what do you want to write for TV shows? Do you want to do stand up as a way to, to write for television shows? Because yeah. you can make a great living as a stand up. And Tommy Jonigan write, writes for TV shows. Mark Gross yep. has, has written for TV shows. And these guys make a great living writing for TV shows. So, you know, there's more to it than just out there slinging. Uh, dick jokes at nightclubs. I mean, some guys do that. Some guys also move into uh, ship work or corporate work, corporate comedy work. Yeah. I mean, corporate comedy work. I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could do. You know, they pay eight grand and ten grand and fifteen grand a night doing corporate comedy work. Sure, you got to be clean, but I mean, that's that's the that's the payoff. I mean, if you, can you imagine just doing a doing like fifteen, twenty corporate gigs every year on top of your regular stand up? I mean, you know, I mean, if I have to do a, a corporate work, I could do 45 minutes pretty relatively clean. I can yeah. do that. I can also do a late night Friday show that's ridiculously filthy. I can also do nine o'clock tonight. Yeah. Get your tickets now. Carlson Comedy. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. I've done, I did a bar mitzvah for this kid who was a huge comedy fan. They uh -huh. held it at the West Palm Beach Improv and the guy that was supposed to do it got COVID. And so he's in a hotel room. He did a phone call. And they asked him, go, could you just, could you, we just need some live stand-up. Could you do it? I go, I, I turned him down three times. I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Like, no, they go, no, we don't mind. We've seen it. Go, I go, listen, I'm not, this is, and then I, and I went and I put together the set, the 25, I did yeah. 30 minutes of, of kid-friendly material. Yeah. And I actually did real well because, you know, I but I think that's the kind of thing, like, the things that turn me on as an artist is like when I did Last Comic Standing. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're coming out. You got two minutes and 40 seconds yeah. to get them on your side. Yeah. So now you're serving up. So you're taking your bits, and you're looking at this little choice of eight-ounce filet mignon. You're trimming all the fat off it, and you're delivering this nuanced micro set yep. uh, on mainstream television at prime time on NBC. And a lot of those sets had to be sent in beforehand and cleared by the legal department yeah. at NBC. So you had that. So I that that kind of I kind of get off on creating those little little micro sets. I also enjoy that too. The thought of being able to take everything that you do and have to be able to repackage it to fit where you want it to go, 
and it's that's a challenge. Well, yeah, but, and I love a challenge. Yeah, and also connecting the bits, and also uh, you know then taking it and then going over it. Like you know, once you like you know, a lot of my stuff starts out starts out as a TED talk. It's mm-hmm. like eight pages of me ranting. Yeah, and I go back over, I look and get and I edit it again. And now I got the, the idea or the ideas formed in my head. And then I go back over it. I start layering in punchlines or yep. descriptive words. or Because I, I think, you know, you, you, you know as I, I tell people, you know, your, your show should be like a hilarious TED Talk. You should be making people laugh and think at the same time. You should be uh, you should be able to do that's that. That's how you that's how you approach that, huh? Yeah, well, that's what I that's just my process. Everybody has their own process, but that's what I and I just kind of layer it up and I put the performance elements on and I memorize it and then uh, I go on stage and then I be then I'm able to start playing with it because I know the material. So I'm not going to give away any jokes that you told this weekend. That's just not something that we do on this show. But I will tell you this: I went to your show last night. Because you know that I love you and you were in town. I always love to catch a show with Jimmy. Right. And folks, I sat in the back of the room and I was in the way back. It was it was a pretty good good crowd last night. And uh, Jimmy got on stage and it went from zero to 60 in about, I don't know, two seconds. Yeah. Jimmy's there. When Jimmy hits the stage, Jimmy hits the stage, folks. So I'm in the back room or not in the back room, in the back of the room watching this, and Jimmy goes into what I would call, and most people would call, his act. But it, it feels like an organic rant that just started, and it went. And I watched this, and I was laughing all the way through. There's, like Jimmy points out, there's points to what he said, and it, it felt so organic. And I heard a lot of great new material in there, and I felt like I was watching the first half hour of Jimmy's set. And then I looked... And it was 13 minutes. And I went, oh, my God. Jimmy just said so much funny stuff in 13 minutes. And it felt completely organic and natural. That is art, man. That's real art. Yeah, I, I'm a, dude, I'm a purist when it comes to stand-up. I mean, you are. Carlin's my guy. You know, I, I love the way Carlin... I mean, he's just my guy, man. I, I mean, I could watch. I love that new HBO documentary on Carlin. I love the way, like, I mean, if I lived to 80, you're never going to see anybody with that kind of content. The guy did, what, 21 albums, 14 HBO specials, freaking eight books. I mean, he's just, I love the way he played with language. And so, you know, people say that to me, oh, man, and he goes, that's Carlin-esque or you're Carlin-esque. And I go, yeah, well, he, I, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I, mean, I love Pryor and I love different stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I loved Hicks and I love Kinnison and I love, I like Stan Hope and I love Bill Burr. And I, I, but I don't watch a lot of stand-up because I don't want it to influence me. Yeah. You know, I'm, but I, but I, you know, every once in a while you'll catch some of these guys. I just, it's just, you know, I like guys who do it at a high level that are really, you know, I, tr- I try to work to the top of my intelligence. Yeah. I try to get my points. I, I try to use the, as much as the, of the vocabulary that, that I'm capable of. Like, you know, I always read and try to, if you're going to try to fit a paragraph into one sentence, that's how I do it, you know? Yeah. And, and so. Uh, but it's very succinct and well, your word choices are superb. Thank you. I, well, That's I, my word of the well, day calendar word today. Superb. Superb. Yeah, I do the same thing. I have my 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 screensaver is the word of the day, and I try to use it a couple times during the day. But I also try to use it in my act. Like it was one of the things we used to do when we were coming up. Uh-huh. You come up with like three words: Panglossian view, Panglossian viewpoint, aluminum siding, and you'd have to work those. <laughs> and we were on the road traveling, yeah. and you'd have to work those into your act. You'd have to work like you come up. All right, uh, you know, you come, come up with these, like, weird friends, just try yeah. to work them into the act. And so, the, you know, kind of word games that you could do. And 
But yeah, man, I, I I still love to do it. I you know, like you said, it's the the, the travel the job the stress of the the job is not the performance or anything like that. It's the traveling. It's getting from point A to point B. You know. Yeah. So I know you got to get out of here this morning. I know you have an appointment at ten, but I have one thing I want to talk to you about real quick. Yeah. Um, and feel free to take your time. There's plenty of time on the clock. Um, you've had a pretty wild career, man. And there's one thing that you did that you've done in your career that I'm insanely jealous of. And I just need to know, I just need to, you to tell me some a memory that, that when I bring this up, what comes to your mind, just a good memory. You were a doorman at the comedy store. That's incredible. And you were there at one of the coolest times to ever be there. Yeah, there's no question about it. I, I um, you know, and I was a kid, man. I was like, uh, I mean, I went out there when I was 19 years old. Yeah. Put all, everything I had in a, in a 1969 puke green Buick LeSabre. My buddy had tuned it up and made sure I got new tires and everything. And, we drove, and I drove it across country. And I was out there two weeks. I was listening to The Psychology of Winning, which is a series of tapes by Dr. Dennis Waitley. Okay. Because winning is a learned habit. And I literally listened to those over and over and over again as I'm driving across the country to drill these you know, habits into my head. And I went out there and two weeks later, I literally, I started my job. I think I moved into my apartment and I, and I auditioned for Mitzi. I didn't pass the audition, but I auditioned for her sure. and I was hanging out there and I was like in two weeks. I mean, I was like, you know, and then, uh, later what on, what an interesting, like just reality change that is from yeah. Philadelphia to now you were in the Mecca of well, comedy. Look, I, I mean, I knew that, you know, you're going to get, you're going to do this. So give yourself the best chance of success and also uh, go after it. You got nothing to lose. I could sleep on couches. I could, you know, yeah. eat ramen noodles. I could do whatever I want. For those years of my life, it didn't make a difference. I didn't, you know, it was, it was about going after and, and getting in. And and uh, the, the the I remember the, the first day I worked at the comedy store, I uh, got the job as a doorman, was because uh, Tony Clifton, uh, if you remember Tony Clifton, was a I character do know that, that, Andy, Andy, that character. Andy Kaufman created. Yes, Andy, Andy Kaufman created um this character called tony clip the lounge singer yes pink leisure yes like pink exa satin suit. exactly everything and and what happened was and this is about a year after andy kaufman had, had died uh and 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 andy um Tony Clifton is making an appearance. At the so company. this was the history on this is legendary, folks. If you don't know the story, Bob Zamuda yeah. was Andy's writer. Well, he's writing, and he, and he was. A good and he also of, used to switch out with Andy playing well, Tony Clifton. Andy created the character, and then he gave it to Bob. Yeah, and, and Bob like would go and and do it. So you didn't even know it was Andy or yeah. Bob doing it at one point, and then a year after Andy died. Bob Zamuda brings Tony Clifton to the comedy store. Yeah. Famously, that, by the way, Bob Zamuda went and did Letterman when Letterman thought he had Andy Kaufman on yeah. as Tony Clifton. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and if you've never seen Tony Clifton, it's quite the, the you know, he played this lounge singer, but he did not give a, uh, you know, he just yelled at the crowd, F you, and threw a drink on somebody, yeah. flicked a lit cigarette at somebody. I mean, dude. And then I'm would just you, sing terribly. Yeah, and, and, uh, and he pulls up. In the limo, and he's with Angeline, this woman who had this giant bosom, and absolutely famous for no reason. She had billboards all over Los Angeles. Angeline, she used to drive around town in this pink Corvette, and so he pulls up with her. Bob Zabuda pulls up with Angeline, and they got and there's a people following. I think Andy Kaufman's back. He faked his own death. This is going to be unbelievable. Joe, I'm telling you something, bro. 
the whole place was packed to see. They thought it was Andy Kaufman, and it's Bob Zamuda, bro. And that show uh, just took a turn for the worse. People, oh. were, people, were, <laughs> no, people were running out of the building. People were running out. You flicked the licks. Ah, you know, just, and it was great. It was awesome. Uh, but that was my first night. I worked there at the comedy store as a doorman. But uh, as a doorman, you also got to watch the legendary likes of, you know, Sam Kinison. And everybody who was anybody would come through the comedy store. And I used to study that shit like a science. I used to sit there and work the door and watch every single act. You could, work, you could watch, you could learn as much watching a bad act as you could a good act. And, you know, I took that much. My, and there was a bunch of great comics. And I would just, like, watch them. And I would just go, they, they do this, they do this. I would study it like a science. Nope. I mean, it's all I cared about at one point in my life. I, I would go out. I literally would work my day job so I could buy food and pay my rent. And then the rest, when I left... I was out doing stand-up till about 2 in the morning, go home, get up, do it all over again. And sometimes I could get like five sets a night. And uh, I would go over to the, the, the uh, it was called the Natural Fudge, which was this uh, open mic night. Okay. And then we would go over to uh, the Alley Cat Bistro. No, then we go to Monty Steakhouse in Westwood, which is on the high building. Then we go to the Alley Cat Bistro. Then we run up and do the Silver Screen Jazz Room right across from the Comedy Store. Then they did an open mic night as well. Yeah. And then we go and then we go across the street to the Comedy Store for a late night spot. There was five spots on a Monday night, and I and I was just that's all I cared about. And there was I, audiences for all of them. Yeah, and I, it's all I cared about. And I just you know I just did that for about three or four years and got really good. And I was living with a guy named Marty Noodles Levenstein who was toured with Dice Clay. He's done the boats but he was a buddy of mine but we would watch each other set and take notes mm -hmm. and then we, as we're driving together they would give each other the notes and then we could do it again and we do it again and take notes and we just really kind of helped each other yeah right and and get to a point where you could be because i mean you're trying to uh you know get to that point where you can you're trying to develop that writing right. muscle you know you're trying to develop the writing muscle and you're trying to develop where you go up and, and so sammy shore who actually started the comedy yep. store I remember coming out I, I, when I got to Los Angeles. I started reading his book called The Warm Up. People don't realize Sammy Shore used to open for Elvis Presley. He's the guy. I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah, he did. And 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 and, and he talks about it in the book. And but his wife Mitzi Shore, mm -hmm. who he gave the comedy club to, uh, you know, the world famous comedy store. But you know, um, and he did a play about the book called The Warm Up. And the guy who played Horseshack on. Uh, welcome, welcome back, back Carter. Carter. Ron P Padilio or whatever his yeah. name is. So he played his dad. Uh, Sammy played his dad, and Ron P Padillo played the young Sammy. And it was I saw it at the Santa Monica Playhouse. It was amazing. And then I went and talked to Sammy Shore for like probably thirty minutes afterwards. Yeah. And I said, I hey, have man, I read your book. It's great to see the play. And and he goes, Oh, you guys are young stand ups. They talked to us about stand up comedy. The greatest thing is I go well, sometimes if I go out and I don't get the first laugh, it kind of kind of throws my whole set off. He goes, well, go out and don't get the first laugh. He goes, turn your turn your weakness into a strength. Yeah. Go out and don't get the first laugh and stuff. And so yeah, I've been very blessed. As I've had so much help over the years by by guys like Kinnison mentored me, and you know other people like you know you had access. You know I could talk to Paul Mooney. You could talk to sure. Louis Anderson. You could talk to some of these guys about stand up comedy, and they would always be willing to help you and give you a little piece, a little nugget, a little nugget that would keep like keep you going. Oh yeah. okay, I, I, okay I get that. Oh, he goes yeah yeah you know uh, Paul Mooney told me when he goes stand up comedy should move a little slower. It should be more like a pace on a movie. 
because it's almost hypnotizing to an audience. You know what yeah. I mean? And he goes, TV moves fast. Da, 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 da. He goes, but he goes, you should be really kind of, should be a little slower or, you know, I, it, takes, it takes you a long while to get right. comfortable on stage to be that comfortable in your own skin, really. I, I always say it's a lot like being a stripper. You know, you're just kind of undressing mentally. You're letting people see your thought process. Right. You know, you see so you're naked in the way you think and what you're talking about. It's kind of a... You know, but I also, you know, it's, you know, great little nuggets like stand-up comedy is in every man's art form. They have to feel like you're one of Damon Wayne's was one of my favorite guys to watch, and he would give me some advice. Um, you know, I said, you know, it's, it's you know, it's in a, it's got it's like in every man's art form. They have to feel like you're one of them. I mean, you get these little pieces, these little yeah. nuggets over the years from different people, and so I always try to help up-and-coming comics. I always try to help people. Like you know, I look. I don't, what do I know? I, I mean, I know. You know, I've been very blessed to be able to make a living doing something. You're right. I've been able to do TV and do some movies and have yeah. my own Comedy Central special and produce my own albums and produce, you know, my own specials and stuff. And you know how work. hard it is, folks, <laughs> to get to number one in the comedy charts on iTunes? You know how hard that is? Yeah. It's not... On iTunes, the comedy... Oh, dude, I was going to... The comedy category is the most saturated com like uh, category apart from hip-hop. Yeah, well, it was also, you know, you're going to get some heavy hitters. I mean, you know, Kevin mm -hmm. James, Jim Gaffigan, Larry the Cable Guy had an album out there, and you just climbing the, climbing the track. And it was, a, a, you know, inside, and that was my, an album I was really proud of, and I really promoted the hell out of it. And so, uh, yeah, we got there. It, it, you look, man, it, it's, and once you have that, mm -hmm. you can always say that. Number one selling album on, on iTunes. So it's like, it's like getting an Academy Award, getting an Oscar, or an Oscar. You'll work movie. forever. Yeah, but no, but, it, <laughs> but it, those things kind of turn me on. It's like, like those... You know, it's I, I, I take everything. Uh, I don't take anything for granted now in my career. I really love I, the, the the crafting of bits. I love coming up with an idea, and you know that still turns me on. I still get uh, excited about that. I'm getting ready to do a new album, and so I'm putting that, that together right now with some of this material and kind of organizing the thoughts and stuff. And so we're working on it. But so there's going to be a follow-up to Zero Tolerance? Yeah, there'll be a follow-up to Zero Tolerance. All right. All right, maybe I have a little more tolerance than I thought I did. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. No, but Zero Tolerance, but you know, I just don't have any tolerance for, for stupidity. I mean, but we're living in the upside down now. I mean, it's really, it's quite, like, I don't I don't watch the news anymore. I stop watching the news. Okay. I, I think, I think, I don't care, like, right, left, I don't care. It's rubbish. Amen. It's propaganda. All right. It's propaganda. Same with politicians. Right, left, I don't care. You're full of shit. You are a shallow, vacuous shell of a human being. People think politicians care about them. They don't. You know what they care about? They care about themselves. Mm -hmm. And they care about solving their problems. Just like stand-up comedians. Yeah, you know what their problems are? <laughs> their problems are about getting elected and getting re-elected. And that's what their problems are. And that's what they work on. Right. And, and they, they'll pander to you. And as soon as they go, yeah, they can jump up on a stump. And they get everybody riled up. Ah! And then they go home and they sell each one of those poor saps out for a fucking nickel. Yep. You know, and, and, and that's, and, and I don't, I'm not playing a game. You know what I equivalent to? It's like being one of those dogs at the racetrack that runs and they have that little electric rabbit, ding, and it takes off. And some of those dogs run fast enough to catch that rabbit. Yeah. And once they catch the rabbit, they're useless. They'll never run again. Um, they have to get euthanized or they have to get uh, adopted. There's a program. Yeah. But they'll never run again because they realize the whole thing's a sham. And that's what we're living in. I don't, I, I mean, you know, and, and you like to think one side's better than the other and they're not. Yeah. They've been selling us out as two birds on the same wing. But, they, the, but the mainstream media, their job is convincing everybody that yeah. this side's better than this side. How could this side be better than this side? And they catch you in the middle and they play. And look, and that's all by design. You know, if you don't, if you don't think there's psychological warfare being conducted on you every single day of your life, you're out of your mind. It's information. When five 
conglomerates control all the information the American people see. It's like, okay, we'll we'll take away their guns. All right, we'll repeal abortion. People get upset and they go crazy. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, abortion is never going to go away. And they, all, all they've done is just turn it over to the states. It's a state's issue. Yeah. It should be a state's issue. And oh, people have a fucking meltdown. And you know what the thing is? And you're getting played. The, you, everybody's getting fucking played. In the meantime, people are getting richer. You know who's getting richer? The politicians are getting richer. Because, you know, there's all this foreign aid. It goes overseas, run through this company, that company, and it comes back over here in the form of, you know, hey, here's a contract for you, here's a contract for you. I mean, I got, I got to be honest. You're just getting played. We're all getting fucking played. It's a game. And I'm surprised that people put up with it and let it let it go on. Well, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've just unplugged. I don't, I don't play anymore. I can't speak for everyone else, but I would feel that unplugging is probably not the worst way to handle all of it. It's a lot to deal with right now. Well, well, it is a lot to deal, with. and none of it, like it, it's just, it's like silliness. It's it's like silliness, you know, like like you know. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that that it, you're better off. You know what you should do? What's that? You should go fill your head with beauty. You should read. You should take in some sunrises. You should do feed your soul. Do the things that make you fucking happy. Because I'm telling you, man, it's a short little ride on this blue marble. And the last thing you want to do is spend fucking hours on Facebook arguing with strangers. Go hug your family. Go love the people who care about you and love them back. And go out and do something. You want to make a difference in the world? Go go, go, go feed some homeless people. Go go do some stuff like that. All you right. know, be the change you want to be seen. Because well, I'm telling you, man, it's dude, this last two years, I've lost like 15 friends. Just died, you know. I mean, you know, I know Saget for a long time. We were in a yeah. short film called Documentary of a Stand-Up Comic. And we weren't, I've been to dinner with Bob a couple of times. He was a great guy. He's a Philly guy. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you just, it's a short little ride, man. Go enjoy the fuck out of your life. Whatever it is that you like to do, and I don't give a fuck what it is, go do it. Here's what you should do this weekend, folks. Fill your head with beauty and come see Jimmy Schubert for four more shows here at Comedy at the Carlson. Yeah, Tickets but... are on sale now, carlsoncomedy.com. You know what I've learned from you today, Jimmy? What's that? I've learned three things today, and What's I love that? all of them. What's that? The first thing I learned is that you can learn as much from a bad set as you can, a good set. Absolutely. I knew that, but I really enjoy the way you articulated it. I also learned that, um, oh, damn it, I lost it. I just had it. Fill your head with beauty. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, you, you got and, to. Uh, no, keep going, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Well, no, because I, I don't even watch television anymore. Yeah. I, I just stopped watching television because, I mean, why do you think they call it programming? Because you sit there and you watch and it makes it, it calcifies your penal gland. We're not meant to do that. I mean, look, I, I, I get it. Go, li go, go live your own movie. Go live your own TV show. Go live. Go out into the world and, and, and do the things you want to do, whatever it is. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, you're 27, you're 39, you're 47, you're 52, and it's like, where does it go? Where does it go? Yeah. You know? So enjoy it, man. I, I, I'd rather have a short life doing something I love to do for that entire time I was on the planet to have a long life filled with, like, you know, get, go, I'm going to go go to a soul-sucking job at a cubicle working for people I hated. I mean, that's what causes people stress. I mean, especially now. I mean, you you know, and because of the pandemic, yeah. I started doing a, to make money during the pandemic, I started a reverse-only fans account. <laughs> I was just sending people dick pics, and I was charging them nineteen ninety five to get me to stop. Right. I you think know. that's pretty slick. Well, there was a... <laughs> It's a pretty slick move. I give you twenty five. I'm like no, Jimmy, lose my number. Hey, hey, uh, no, uh, but uh, it's just look, look. I mean, you know, 
Uh, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, 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 would, t- I would do it, whatever you want to do. You want to fucking move to New York and do stand-up comedy? Fuck, by all means, have at it. Yeah. You want to, you want to go, uh, go in the middle. You want to open, a, grow, a, start a farm, or grow your organic vegetables, or go garden. Do it. Do what it is that feeds your soul, man. Because it, it's, it's those kinds of things that. And stop watching TV. Put your phone down. Walk out and, you know, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know the the one thing I do get is it, it's a short little ride, man. So enjoy the fuck out of your life. Do something you love to do. Best advice I've ever heard on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Fill your brain with beauty, chase what you love, and remember it's a short ride. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. The no. great Jimmy Schubert, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, come out and see my show, people. I'll make you laugh this weekend. Please do, please do. I know you have an appointment in twenty minutes. I'm yeah, taking Carrie over I'm, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see the dentist, but. Uh, I got an impacted wisdom tooth, but he's going to make me lay face down in the chair. I think he's taking a long way around. Ah, uh, going to Shiresh? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheryl. Okay. No. Uh, we'll be back next. Uh, well, we might be back next week. Next week, the funniest person in Rochester contest starts. So we'll be here at the club. Uh, and we will be back with another interview with Jim Florentine in two weeks. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, act right. Follow, go see Jimmy Schubert's in, uh, special Zero Tolerance. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out JimmySchubert.com and make sure yeah, you're following him on social website, media. JimmySchubert.com. You can go right on the website. There's a button. You click it. You can rent it for three ninety nine. You can own it for nine ninety nine. Just download the button. And uh, you get the album on iTunes. So. Absolutely. Thank you very Zero much. Zero tolerance, man. Zero tolerance. And uh, don't forget, first three people to text Sewer Pickle. We'll win some tickets, and we'll be monitoring that. So until next time, Act Right Rochester, we will see you at the show. Peace! Jimmy Schubert, folks. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget, we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review.